So I realized there are some new people in the room. So I'm just holding up the Bible study so they know what Bible study we've been working through. Becoming Women of Faith. And uh, it's amazing how since we've started this Bible study, the different trials we've gone through or different attacks maybe we've gone through from the enemy or the Lord allowing us to go through so that we could put into practice everything we're learning and listening to. For those that are here, if you want to listen to any of the previous talks, they're on Podbean on the Lighthouse on the Rock. So you can find them there. And they're totally unedited. So. <laughs> but tonight we're going to look at, let me just get my notes here. And typically I do the circle now because I think it's easier for the moms if they need to go out with the babies to get out versus climbing over everybody. So that's why we have the circle going on. So tonight we're looking at the testing of faith. How many here have had a week of testing of your faith? Brenda's hand shot up real quick. <laughs> Anyone else? Yes. Testing of faith? Think about all the storms we've had this week. Some of them were pretty intense, huh? Yes. Testing of our faith. What did we do with the faith during those storms or those tests that God allowed us to go through? I heard a quote that said, we're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or God is preparing us to enter a trial. And how true is that? We're either in one right now, we're coming out of one, or God's preparing us. I, I, I have seen the Lord in the years that I've been walking with him. He always prepares me for what's on the horizon, always. And that's why we keep hearing, right? We need to be leaning on his bosom and spending time with him and spending time in his words so he can prepare us. One of the things he spoke to me the other morning, I was at my kitchen sink, and I don't know what I was reflecting on something, but he just made it so real. You need to be prepared what's coming, for the storm that's coming. I think it was when all the storms were going by, yeah. and I was thinking about the preparation, you know, everyone prepares, well, if it gets really bad, I'm going downstairs in the basement, or you tell your neighbors, if, if you wake up and the house isn't there, you'll find us downstairs in the back room. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we have those talks with our neighbors, so. But I was thinking about all that, and I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, we need to prepare for the storm that's coming. Because there is a storm that's coming. And we need to be prepared. And I don't think it's an accident that the Lord has us going to becoming women of faith. Because when Jesus comes again, what is he looking for? Faith. When I return, will I find faith on earth? So he's purifying our faith. Through all the different trials we don't like that we go through. Or we want God, come on, God, hurry up already. He doesn't listen to us. I'm thankful. Because he's working something deep in us. And when we want it to be over like this, we miss what God wants to do in us. 
Because whatever he does in us is ours. We own it. It's our testimony. Who can take your testimony from you? No one. It's your reality. It's your reality. So we need to learn how to rejoice when we are going through different trials. James tells us that in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. How many of us really like that word? And let what? Endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's God's goal for us that we would learn how to endure. Because those who endure to the end will be saved. That's what scripture says. There's a persevering. We have to persevere. On page 49 of this Bible study, she writes, a test is usually given to find out what we know, right? Think about when we take tests in school, or if you give your children a test, you want to see where they're at, right? How much they're learning of what you're teaching them. From a biblical perspective, a test is given to find out what we believe. And isn't that true? When we go through tests, we really see where our faith really is at, what we really believe about God. If we really believe he is good and he is for us, he's not against us. How many times we can feel he's against us and he's not. He's so for us. Trials, tests, and temptations are difficult but necessary in the hand of God to strengthen and prove our faith. Because God is loving, his purpose is always to do us good. And I know I've asked this question before during this class since we started that, this study, do we really believe that about God? That he wants to do good to us? Understanding that our faith will be tried. This is important. Our faith will be tried. For our good and for God's glory will help us perceive testing as an opportunity for growth instead of a fearful threat. And that's when we have to remind ourselves whether we're in a trial or coming out of a trial or going into a trial. We have to remember this is an opportunity for my growth. God is maturing me. He's wanting to mature my faith through this trial. Or he's wanting to mature me in what I believe about him as my father. Where I can truly rest and have total confidence in who he is. Total confidence. I mean, that's how we learn, right? Through going through trials, that's what we, we learn the Father's heart in those times. And he corrects us if we have the wrong view of him, which I'm thankful for that. I'm very thankful that he corrects us in our view of him. Oswald Chambers says, faith by its very nature must be tried. And the real trial of faith is not that we find it difficult to trust God, 
but that God's character has to be cleared in our own minds. Faith in the Bible is faith in God against everything that contradicts him. I will remain true to God's character, whatever he may do. That's what Job said. Remember, Job lost everything. Everything. But he still trusted me. He said, though he slay me, I will still praise him. I will still trust him. This is the most sublime utterance of faith of the whole Bible when Job said that. Faith must be tested because it can be turned into a personal possession, like I said, only through conflict. Believe steadfastly on him and all you come up against will develop your faith. And again, we have to remind ourselves, God is growing my faith, he's developing my faith. He doesn't want me to stay a little baby. I mean, Teresa, how would you feel if all your kids, the, the older ones, were still whining and complaining like little newborn babies? I mean, would any of you moms like that <laughs> if they never grew up? No, of course not. Yeah, so do you want to turn that off? You can. No. You sure? <laughs> yeah, you can turn it off. Yeah, no, turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone wants to turn it off, it's okay. Yeah, because I know sometimes with that air conditioner on, people can't hear it in the back row, so it's okay. I mean, it's okay to turn it off. First Peter 1, verses 6 through 9, if we understand that God is maturing us, he's growing our faith, then we can do what Peter says here. In this you greatly rejoice. We can rejoice in the trial if we realize, okay, I'm not going through this in vain. God has a divine purpose and plan behind it. In this you could greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found unto praise and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believe in you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And you know, when you think about that, we really have, and I've said this before in, in previous Bible studies, the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls. We have to really believe whether we're in a, let's say a deathbed, where we have so many months to live or whatever. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be laying there in a deathbed, but we really have to believe that when I close my eyes, Jesus is gonna be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I'm receiving the end of my faith, the salvation of my, Jesus is gonna take me home to be with him. So you see, we have faith in the beginning when we come to the Lord, when we put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross and shed his blood for us. But that same faith has to keep going throughout life, but then on our deathbed too. Or if we die instant, instantly in a car wreck, or I think about those people that died in the submarine that was instant. I mean, they didn't even know what hit them. But where are they? You know, I mean, if, if we were in that submarine and we know the Lord, we, in an instant, we're with him. 
man, what's that like? To be one minute in that reality here, this earthly, and then the next reality, we're just in his presence. And, uh, for those listening online, all the ladies have big smiles on their faces. <laughs> it's easy to hope, right? I mean, we all hope that life in this world would be hassle-free. Right? I mean, that was in the Bible study. Yeah, I know. We don't want, we don't want to go through anything. I know. I got saved. I didn't know the Bible, this comes with the package. Everything I went through. But scripture tells us what we're to expect. The purpose of testing. Psalm 34, verse 19. This was David's testimony. He said, and think about everything David went through. David went through a lot of stuff. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Not few. Many. But, and this is a huge but here, the Lord delivers him out of them all. That was his testimony. You have testimony like that too. That yeah, I've been through so much, whether in my marriage or with my kids. I've been through so much, you know, the job or whatever it might be, my health. But God delivered me each time. He, he didn't deliver me where he zapped me out of it. He got me through it. When I thought, how in the world am I going to get through this? There's no way I could get through this. But somehow you just clung to Jesus, the testing of your faith. You were believing the words that Jesus spoke, right? Or what was in the Bible. Holding on to the word of God for dear life. And your testimony is, yeah, God delivered me. He brought me through it. What I thought was impossible was possible with God. The hell I thought I was stuck in for the rest of my life, he brought me out. My marriage, I thought it was never going to change. God changed it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's our testimony. John 16, 33, Jesus. Now, this is the words of Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will. Jesus said it. You will have tribulation. But, there's the but again, be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. Jesus taught that trials and tribulations are part of living in this world. And I know some of you experience that, especially from unsaved family members or friends or co-workers that don't want to hear about Jesus. Keep your mouth shut. Don't even tell me about him. We had cancel culture for a while there. I mean, I think it's still going on on on, uh, social media. Whatever you post was taken down. So this is where we are. Should we be surprised? No. Jesus told us, you will have tribulation so long as you live here on planet Earth. Expect it. But don't forget one thing. I've overcome the world. And if you're in Christ, because we looked at that right a few weeks ago, you're in Christ. 
If you're in Christ, he will give you the ability to overcome the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world we then try to It's our faith, again, that overcomes the world. Acts, the early church. Acts 14, verse 22, 21 and 22. It says, and when they had preached, the disciples, the gospel to that city, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iaconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, regardless of the persecution they were facing. They were encouraged to continue in the faith, keep going, saying we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. This was the early church's testimony. We read all about it in the book of Acts. Everything they went through, riots, stoning. I mean, left for Peter, uh, Paul was left for dead, stoned. He got up the next day and went and preached the gospel. It didn't stop them. Their testimony, as the early church, the early believers, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 3.12, I thought of Erica and her prayer request on the grouping. This was the Apostle Paul saying, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We will. So look at all the words that are being used here. You know, there's many afflictions. You will have tribulation, Jesus said. The early church said we will have many tribulations, we will suffer persecution if we want to live for Christ, especially proclaiming his word, especially in this generation we're living in that is so anti-Christ. And it's getting worse and worse by the day. It is not going to get better unless God steps down and there is some kind of revival that happens that puts everyone on their faces, including us. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But we don't stay silent. They don't, we don't stay silent. Even though they don't want to hear it, we can still pray. And that was one of the main things the Lord spoke to me this week. He said, you can still pray for their soul. Maybe they don't want to hear your words, but you can still pray for them. And I'll send someone. And we were encouraged, right? Because we've been praying, 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 praying for someone's daughter in this group. And then we have a dear sister that joined the body that knows the daughter. And that's God. Only God can do that. Don't limit your prayers. Your faith will be tested. And I have a surprise for you next week. Jesse's going to teach the next chapter because it's on faith and prayer. And I said it would be good if she took on that because that's our heart. But our faith is going to be tested. Even when we're praying and we don't see anything happening. We don't stop. We keep praying. Because God is still working behind the scenes as we saw this past Sunday. God is working behind the scenes. 
how many times was God working behind the scenes in all of our lives? When it looks like it's hopeless, forget it. Why bother? And then the enemy's there, why bother praying? Talking about testing of faith. I know we've all been there. We've all been there where our faith has been tested. First Peter 4, verse 12 through 14. Peter said, Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is, again, look at the time, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Do you ever think of that? When you're facing that opposition, that you're blessed. Doesn't feel like it, right? Doesn't feel like a blessing at the moment. But you have to remind yourself of that. I mean, as a biblical counsel, all the years I've counseled, I've faced this from people that don't want to hear what God has to say and don't want to apply it in their lives. And they can send some nasty emails, letters, or in your face sometimes, and I have to get over these scriptures. I'm blessed. Shouldn't feel like it. But you say, I'm blessed. And I have to take my thoughts captive to what God's word says. Because again, the testing of the faith. It's like, you know, you start listening to the enemy, and then it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have said it. No, stop. Stop. You did what God told you to do from his word. Don't doubt that's the enemy. He comes and he's like, and like we've looked at, we sit there, we're listening. It's like, and then we start agreeing with him. And it's like, no. God says I'm blessed. And Jesus said, if I give the truth to people, I'm going to be hated by all men. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And persecution, we're not facing physical persecution, but we face insult. Yes. Do you know insult and slander is a form of persecution also? It's a form of persecution also. We're not, some of us may not face physical persecution, but you may face the attack of someone that's, the tongue is like the, a little serpent tongue. Just and you know it's the enemy when it gets in you and you can't shake it. And that thing torments you at night and you lay in bed and you talk to me. You're shaking your head. You know what that's like. Yeah. The testing of our faith. So when you look at those scriptures that we just looked at, do any of those scriptures go against any false teachings you've received in your past? about what it means to be saved and be a follower of Christ. 
when I first got saved, I didn't know where this stuff came with the package. I thought it was just come to Christ and make your life better. And I was sitting around waiting for the better and it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I started getting in the Word, being discipled, and seeing what it means to be a follower of Christ, a true follower of Christ, mm-hmm. what we're reading here. I was like, this is normal. This is what's supposed to happen. And if it's not happening, I gotta look out. Why? Right. Yes. <laughs> Why is it not happening? Am I compromising with the world or compromising with unsaved people? And my life is not being salt tonight. So the second point here, as God's children, and again, this all comes from the Bible study, some of these points that she touched on. As God's children who endure testing, scripture tells us what should be our response to trials, and we've already seen with James where to count it all joy, right? Peter said, in this greatly rejoice, rejoice in the fact that we're his children. It's temporary, this is not gonna last forever, whatever we go through, even if they kill the body. I, I think about um, the hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers, when they said the body they may kill, God's truth about it still. It's still gonna go forth. Whether I'm here or not, it's still gonna go forth. So long as there's Christians left here on planet Earth. So, you know, we have to remember that Romans 5, Three through five also tells us three through five, but we also glory. We should glory in tribulation. Why? Because we know that tribulation tests whatever we go through produces perseverance. There's that word again that we don't like, perseverance. And perseverance, character, he's refining us. He's making us more like Christ. And character, hope. We learn to put our hope not in this world, but in the world to come. Because we realize, this is not my home. I'm just passing through here. And the older you get, it's like, when? When? It's like, Lord, when? But scripture tells us now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we can glory in tribulation if we remind ourselves of these things. God, you're working. You're producing an endurance in me that will just trust in your grace to make it over the finish line, to get over that finish line. And with every trial that comes, you're wanting to make me more like Christ because with every trial that comes, I see how much I'm not like him. I still see my flesh where it's on the head. And I need you to change that in me. So the word glory there is, I'm not going to say the Greek word, but it's there in your handout. It means to boast, rejoice, or have joy. And we see the Apostle Paul did that, right? He said, I'll glory in my infirmities and my weakness. And he went through so much for the sake of the gospel. I know Paul went through a lot for the gospel. And it was because of Paul and other saints that were willing to go through the trials and the testings that we sit here today. You know, have you ever thought of that? Mm-hmm. That they were willing to go 
the hard pathway so the gospel can reach our generation so we can hear it for ourselves. And now you all, especially younger ones that have kids, you want to pass that on, right? To your children, your grandchildren, you want to pass that on, right? So that's what we do. We just pass that baton to the next generation and the next generation forever long before Jesus comes again. You know, so if we can keep that perspective in the midst of trials, we have a great cloud of witnesses just cheering us on. Keep running, don't, this is not the time to quit. Keep running, don't drop out of the race, you can't. You're too close. You're not gonna drop out now, are you? I wonder the conversations they have. You know, when they see us living in this generation, trying to live for God in this generation, you know how hard it is? With all the stuff we have in the United States of America? It's a challenge, right? I love this, I read this this week somewhere. Even though trials rarely are enjoyable, we can choose to thank him for the valleys of life. Why? Because he's with us. He's with us there. How many times has he been there? I was telling Jesse when we had the storm. It was Friday night and we had the prayer night, remember? And it was so awesome. For you that weren't here, I mean, the praise of worship, it was off the charts. I mean, Friday was off the charts. And we sang, I'm not alone, right? And what was the other one? I'll praise you in the storm. So the storms are coming through. 2.30 in the morning, I'm hearing these winds blowing. I look out my window and I never see my old tree the way it was swaying. And I woke Jeff up, I said, I think you need to get up. And I think we need to go downstairs. So he was like, oh, we're fine. And I'm like, no, I'm serious, I'm serious. So I'm laying in bed. And all of a sudden those two songs came back to me. I'll praise you in the storm, and I am not alone. And I was like, Lord, even though this house can blow away right now, you're with me. You know, we have to remind ourselves of that because our faith gets tested in those times, right? That you don't know. And then my neighbor, the other neighbor, told me the day after because she texted me to see if we were okay, and I called her, and she told me her husband's from Kansas, so he's used to tornadoes, and he got up at 2.30 in the morning, same time when I was watching my oak tree swaying back and forth, and he grabbed the kid, he woke the kids up, he grabbed them and said, downstairs now. He really thought a tornado was going to come through. So it was just like, yeah, I mean, we could be in a valley like that. We have to remember these words. We're not alone. Even though trials rarely are enjoyable, we can choose to thank him for the valleys of life. We can confess our confidence in his leadership because he enables us to turn the darkness of our valley into a fruitful garden. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Every dark valley we go through becomes a fruitful garden. Who for? 
for him and bubbles. So again, when we understand that, James 1 verses 2 and 4, I think we read this already, he says to count it all joy. You know, when we have that understanding, we can count it all joy, knowing again that he's testing our faith, he's producing patience. So the trials may be places that expose our weakness, right? Most of the times trials do expose our weaknesses. But we can thank God that he's leading us forward to another pinnacle of faith. It's another pinnacle he's trying to bring us through so we can rejoice that God is turning. I just lost my spot again. God is turning the darkness of our valley into a face-to-face encounter with him in the world. How many times have you walked into this when we come together, body of believers, and we're in a deep, deep valley. But we don't want people to know how deep it is. But inside, it's, it's dark and it's deep. But yet, look how the Lord needs you in those times. He needs me in those times. Through the praise and worship, maybe someone shares a scripture, or testimony of what God is doing, and all of a sudden it's like we see him. Yes. We see him face to face as as best as we can here on planet Earth, but we hear him. He reveals himself to us, and we realize again, I'm not alone. He's with me. So many times. He speaks words to that place in your heart that only he knows about. How many times? Right? It's so awesome how he does that. And you realize he sees me. He knows exactly what I'm wrestling with inside. It's amazing to me how involved he really is in our lives. And yet our faith gets tested when the enemy comes and says, he doesn't care. You're all alone. Nobody cares, in fact. No one calls you. No one checks on you. You know how the enemy will lie and come. But even if that was true, he sees you. He knows you. Again, how many times has he made that real? It's such a comfort, isn't it? When he comes in that way and speaks that word or reveals that to you. So we see, we can rejoice that God is turning the darkness of our valley into a face-to-face encounter with him in his glory. And the other thing I don't want to leave out is every time we get into the Bible, we can have a face-to-face encounter with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because I've said this before, every time we're in the Word of God, we're in His presence. The minute we shut the door to our prayer closet and get in the Word, we're in His presence. We're in His presence. We just need to remove all the distractions. That's, that's the issue that 
God's been helping us with, right? So we become more aware of his presence, like we sang tonight. We want to be more aware of his presence. So, so I'm going to skip over that section there. I just want to jump down where it says, temptations try the Christian's faith. Temptations, they refine our faith, or trials, use trials or temptations. Temptations or trials born meekly and patiently purifies our faith. Temptations or trials help us to overcome pride, self-confidence, and worldliness. Temptations or trials keep us humble, distrustful of ourselves, trusting only in God. Because really, we see in trials that I can't even trust my own logic at this moment. That's why she says it's safety in the multitude of counselors, the right counselors. Biblical, that's going to give you biblical advice, not taken out of context, because I've heard it all. Scripture's taken out of context, like how do you justify, that's not what God's saying. And it's amazing how Christians will fight you. So you want to make sure you're getting good, biblical, godly counsel in those times when you're in a trial, because sometimes we're not thinking right. And we can't trust nothing. And so it's good to run things by others or asking others to be in prayer for that situation. There is a, another verse here from 1 Peter 5, verse 10 and 11. Peter wrote, But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, and this church was under the persecution of Nero, and Nero was a mad man. And he said, after you've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Again, this is what God is wanting to produce in us. Every time our faith is being tested in some way, but in the end, we'll be able to give God the glory because his is the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And many of the saints that have gone us have been tested. We heard not too long ago on a Sunday, Abraham with Isaac. Many of us have to lay Isaacs down how many times our faith is tested when we have to do that. I know some of the ladies in the room have had to do that. I've had to do that over the almost 30 years of living in Kentucky, laying down my Isaacs. But I see God when I do that. And my faith is being tested and purified every time I do that. And the same is true for you all. Joseph, God gave him dreams when he was young of how God was going to use him. And look at his life. Talk about faith being tested. God gave him a word, a clear word, and it happened. But everything Joseph went through, Talk about being tested. And was God faithful? Yes. Because what we're learning is God's the one who's faithful. Yes. We could put our faith in God because he's faithful. What he says he does. We looked at when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. I think we did that last week. And how did Jesus fight that back? It is written. It is written. It is written. 
So when your faith is being tested, it is written. It is written. It is written. God, I'm choosing to believe what you have said in your word. And the saints that have gone before us that have testified and testified to us today the reality of what is written here. I serve the same God. So why would you change? You haven't. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what about when Jesus predicted Peter's denial? He told Peter, Satan is going to sift you like wheat. I think my heart would have went through the floor if Jesus was standing in front of me. <laughs> You're going to be sifted like wheat. By Satan? But don't worry, people. He told me, I'm praying for you. Talk about testing face. Peter denied him. But yet look how God used Peter. So our faith gets tested, but God still uses us. He wants to use us. All of us. I'm going to read the scripture here, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 7. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Aren't we comforted by the testimonies of David, Peter, the saints that were sifted, Job? We're comforted by their testimonies, right? Yes. God wants to use your testimony, your testimony, your testimony to comfort others. Every time your faith is being tested, He's working in you the things that we read in these scriptures, but that he wants to use you to comfort others with the same comfort that God has given you, the reality that he's real. And he does love you. And he does see you. And he does know what you're going through. And he's there for you. Arms wide open. He's there for you. So fall into his arms. Run to him. Where else are you going to go? No person can give you what he can. I know. It is true. We always look to a person to give us what only Jesus can give us. And the sooner we learn that, the better. Because otherwise we keep going to people and you know what happens? What happens? People disappoint us because they're busy with their lives or doing this, that, the other thing. They have other things on their mind. But if we run to him, he's always there. He's always there. When your faith is being tested, run to him. Run to him. So I was going to close the class by asking this question. You know, I skipped over some of the, the things I had here. That's okay. Go through it. But 
in what area of your life do you feel that God might be testing you to strengthen your faith? What area or areas of your life do you feel that God might be testing you to strengthen your faith? Does anyone want to share?